Welcome to Always Abounding. This podcast will encourage you as a believer to continue on and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now your host, Keith Stensis. Welcome once again to our podcast, Always Abounding. This is your host, Brother Keith Stensis, here in the country of Uganda, East Africa, hoping and praying that you are always abounding in the work of the Lord. And uh, we are serving here, helping to train men and women of God for the ministry. And uh, what a blessed time we're having here in the country of Uganda. I'm so thankful that God has given us the opportunity uh, to serve here. I want to thank those of you that are praying uh, for our residency permit. We've been praying for this for quite a long time. And uh, actually, we started this process back in September of last year. Uh, We put the paperwork in and uh, finally, 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 we got everything done that they wanted and it is now submitted. And so pray, please, please pray. Uh, Supposedly, they're telling me by the end of July, uh, if everything goes well and uh, by some chance they don't ask for some other extra paper, uh, we should be able to get our 10-year residency permit. And so please, please pray with us about that. That is a very, very serious request. If we could get that residency permit done, uh, then we could be here uh, legally for another 10 years. And uh, boy, that would be such a blessing. That would be such a weight off of our shoulders as far as just the constant pressure of having to uh, renew Uh, your work permits over here. Uh, Most missionaries have to do it every three years. Uh, This last residency uh, that we had was for five years, and uh, the next one that we can get is for 10 years. And so really, really pray about that. If you would, I would really appreciate that. Continue to pray for the paperwork approval for our well. Uh, we're trying to dig a well up in Calido uh, with the ministry expanding up there, and we're teaching and training a lot more people. Uh, we're find, uh, we find we just don't have enough water. And uh, the, we, we have a pipe that comes from the town, uh, but it's only on maybe, you know, it only comes on once a day, maybe for an hour. Uh, it's not even enough time to fill up our tanks and uh, and. So we desperately, desperately need a well to supplement the water there. And uh, to do that, we've got to get permission from the uh, Ministry of Water and Environment. We've got to get a letter of permission from the uh, local water company and uh, just a lot of things going on there. So again, with God, all things are possible. And I believe that'll come through. So if you can pray about that as well. I would really, really, really appreciate that. Uh, Just to share with you something uh, humorous, uh, this last week uh, we went up to Kampala. My wife had a doctor's appointment, and so we went up there and and uh, normally we have a place that we stay, and uh, there's a little hotel up there that we, we stay at when we go to Kampala, but this time we were going up with my sister, and, uh, and Sharon. And so, uh, we thought, Hey, you know what, we could probably save some money and, uh, let's get an Airbnb up there in the capital city. And so, so we did, and uh, we found a nice, really nice Airbnb and, uh, nice showers, beds are comfortable and uh, really, really nice place. Um, the only thing is, is this, it's an apartment complex. And so I think there's something like nine floors in the thing. Well, the first four floors is actually parking, but it's unusual parking in the fact that you pull your vehicle in and there's a few parking places, but then they also have these, these lifts. All right. So you, you drive your vehicle 
up onto the lift and then it raises your vehicle up. And so your vehicle is literally hanging in the air on this lift and that enables vehicles to go underneath your car and continue parking and doing, doing whatever. And so it's pretty ingenious. Uh, I, I, I was kind of surprised to see it uh, here in Uganda. I've never seen that before. And, uh, but it was very, very interesting. And so uh, they've got six of these lifts that they lift vehicles up. And so the vehicles hanging suspended in the air and other vehicles then can park in other areas and drive underneath. And so, so that was great. We put the vehicle there and uh, to me it was even added security because no one can, you know, mess around with your car when it's hanging up in the air. And uh, so everything was great. And, and we were able to, you know, walk around, get a lot of our business done in the capital city just by walking and not having to worry about the vehicle uh, out in the traffic. And uh, so the night that we were there at four o'clock in the morning, we heard this big explosion and uh, we're like, what in the world? I sound like a bomb went off. And, uh, and so as soon as that happened, though, power went off. And so I've lived in Uganda long enough to know what that explosion was. That was one of the electrical transformers out on the power lines that exploded. And, uh, and so therefore, everyone in our area lost electricity. Well, just as soon as that happened, uh, this was about four in the morning. So uh, the explosion woke me up, power went off, but then I could hear the generator uh, for the apartment building start up. And so I thought, yeah, everything's just fine. And, uh, and so the rest of the morning, uh, the generators running, power for everything, hot water in our, you know, we had hot showers. Everything's just normal. Uh, we went out for a walk, went out to a, a nice restaurant, got us some breakfast and, and came back, packed up everything, got ready to leave. This was about, uh, about 10 o'clock in the morning uh, by the time we were ready to leave. And uh, so we come downstairs with all of our uh, things and uh, we asked the guard, okay, we're ready to leave. Can you let the car down? He said, no, I can't. I said, why not? He says, well, the lifts are not connected to the generator. I said, you're kidding me. He said, no, the lifts are not connected to the generator, so we can't let it down. I said, well, you, you understand that the transformer blew, so we're not having power for a long time until they replace the transformer. He said, oh, no, 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 the power will be on in just a few minutes. And uh, I said, all right, you know, I, I was going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And so we went back up in the room and uh, we spent an hour. We, uh, my sister did a little shopping and, and uh, you know, we spent another hour, another hour. And finally we called the manager and we said, what is going on? And they said, well, we're trying to re rewire it. You know, they're trying to, you know, almost uh, hotwire the thing so that they can let the vehicle down. I said, well, it's now lunchtime. You know, it's one, it's actually one thirty, and they still hadn't got it down. And, uh, and so we <laughs> went out and went to another restaurant, ate lunch and, uh, came back and, uh, sure enough, they'd been able to wire it in such a way that they could lower our vehicle down and we were finally able to go home. But, uh, anyway, that was, I, I, that's a new one. I've never had that happen before where my vehicle is stuck in the air and we can't get it down because power is off. But uh, as we always say, TIA, this is Africa, and uh, you never know what to expect here in Africa. Well, we came back. Uh, we had actually a week off. Uh, last week, we went down to our church down in Mbadizi. We spent some time with Pastor Sabanja, and then we went out to the village, uh, to the village of Lusana, and uh, where we have Lusana Independent Baptist Church, which is being led by Brother Chiza Nathan and uh, doing a great job out there. And so we were able to preach out there, had a good service. 
came back in and had some fellowship and and uh, just I, I thank God for what Pastor Sabanja is doing. He's the one that we're get, helping to buy the motorcycle for, and uh, he is pastoring the church there in Embedizi. Plus, he started four other churches and uh, just doing a great job. And speaking of that, one of the churches we went to visit, and uh, this church is in the village of Katwe, and uh, we went out there, and uh, he, he says, here's what I want you to do when you go out there. He says, I want you to preach on our radio. And I thought, what in the world is he talking about? Out in the village, preach on the radio. And uh, so we go out there, and Pastor Sabanja has in the house of Brother Semaganda, which is the leader of that church, uh, in the house of Brother Semaganda, they have built onto the edge of his house the the church building, or they, they put pole structure uh, with iron sheets. And uh, so all of that is there. But then uh, there's a big pole, a big eucalyptus tree pole that sticks up out of his house. And at the very top of the pole is one of those bullhorns, uh, those big announcement bullhorns. You know, you kind of see those uh, whenever you see those tornado sirens. And uh, so that's standing up there and it's facing out over the village and so the wire comes down in the house and in the house they've got a battery system set up with solar and uh and they've got a little amplifier and two microphones and so pastor says we want you to preach on our radio to the village and that was their idea of a radio and uh and so i preached for probably 30 minutes and uh, the whole village uh, got to hear that message that morning, as well as the people that were sitting in the church building, and so, so that was exciting. It's it's it's, it's neat to be able to see these guys take the initiative and uh, looking for different opportunities and ways to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out to their surrounding communities, and uh, we're excited about that. I mean, every day, and and again, I'm not I'm not a person who wants to just annoy people and we don't want to beat people over the head with a Bible. Uh, but I, I, I say, Hey, you know, if the Muslims can be out here five times a day with their shouting, their prayer calls every day, uh, we can take a few minutes in the morning and uh, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And, uh, so that was, that was exciting and, uh, just, just thrilled to see what God is doing, uh, with pastor Sabanja. Uh, this last Sunday we were here in our church in Masaka. And uh, so I had the opportunity of going out soul winning in the afternoon afternoon with one of our men and uh, with one of our new converts. And uh, it, it is such a blessing. I tell you, it is neat. I love getting with new converts. New converts are a prime source of getting uh, prospects and uh, because they, they're they're newly saved and and uh, they want everybody else to know they're saved and they want everybody else to be told the gospel of Jesus Christ and so they don't know all the verses yet but they know the people and so they say hey if we get the people to you you give them the gospel and so brother Isaac he's not been saved but you know maybe three months and and uh, he's out there and he's bringing people I'm telling you every person he brings is just open to the gospel of Jesus Christ and uh, so last night we were able to to um, witness to him and uh, Brother Wambali, who was my soul winning partner, uh, was able to lead a man by the name of Vincent uh, to Jesus Christ, and uh, and so that was exciting to see him get saved. And uh, just it's just such a blessing. God has given us some good men uh, here in Masaka that are excited about seeing people come to know Jesus Christ. Uh, pray for us as we get ready to go up to Kalido for another week of teaching, and uh, looking forward to that. Continuing to teach verse by verse through the Old 
Testament. And uh, so it's been a great couple of weeks, and uh, I hope and pray that, uh, again, that this podcast finds you uh, looking for ways, looking for opportunities to serve the Lord, preach the gospel, go out soul winning, disciple somebody, teach a Sunday school class, do something uh, to abound in the work of the Lord, because the Bible says your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. Well, let's take our Bibles and turn back to the book of 1 Thessalonians, and uh, we're going to be starting chapter number 3 today, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. And uh, we took a little break uh, in our podcast from last week. Last week was my wife and I's anniversary, and uh, so we talked a little about abounding in marriage. And uh, so this week we're going to get back into Thessalonians, and we're just going to look at the first two verses and uh, and then uh, there's so much. I mean, chapter three is only 13 verses. It's a small book or a small chapter, I should say, uh, but it is full of amazing information. I'm looking forward to getting into this uh, this chapter. But the Bible says in First uh, Thessalonians chapter three and verse number one and two. Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone and sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. All right. Now, if you remember back up in chapter two, uh, Paul says, I have a great desire to come up and see you. All right. Paul Paul had a love for the people of Thessalonica. He wanted to be with them. And uh, he says, I, I, he said, there's many times that I've tried to get up to see you, but Satan hindered us. Satan did not allow us to get up there, whether it was through circumstances or people or persecution, we don't know. Uh, but Satan hindered them from going up there. And so because of that, he says, he says, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone. Paul said, I'm going to stay here in Athens. Uh, we're not going to stir up anything up there. We're not going to cause problems up there. But I want to send Timothy up there and, and I want him to see how you're doing. And, and, uh, he, and, and he tells the church up there the type of man that Timothy is. He says he's our brother, our minister of God, our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ. I'm, I'm sending him to establish you, to comfort you uh, concerning your faith. And so the, the, the topic or what I'd like to talk to you about in, in this podcast today is simply this, always abounding as a second man, always abounding as a second man. Um, you know, in the ministry, not everyone can be the pastor. Not everyone can be the missionary. Not everyone can be the church planter. Um, but when you go through scripture, it is very interesting that almost every primary man that God had, there was always a man with him as the second man. And that second man was there to assist and there to help and there to encourage. And these men could not have done what they did without their second men. Uh, think about Jesus. Jesus had Peter, James, and John. Uh, those were the pillars. Those were the ones that were the closest to him. Those were his inner circle of men. You had Elijah with Elisha. Uh, you had Moses, and, and he had Aaron as his second man. You had Joshua, and then under him you had Caleb uh, as his second man. Paul had different second men all throughout his ministry. Uh, you had Paul and Silas. Um, you had actually Barnabas, which at the beginning had Paul as a second man. And uh, so P Barnabas was taking Paul around, and 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 Paul was the primary, and, and, and or, I'm sorry, Barnabas was the primary, Paul was the second man. Um, here uh, through 
through in First Thessalonians and in First Second Timothy, uh, you find many times, even through the book of Acts, you find Timothy uh, being Paul's second man. And let me just say this. I, I thank God for men in the ministry that are second men. And uh, when we use the term second men, we, we're not saying that they are second in area of importance. We're just saying they're not the primary leader, but they are leaders underneath the leader that help that leader become what God wants him to be. Uh, there, there is no leader that can do it all. There's no leader that can that can do all the work and, and run all the ministries. And so it's essential that he has men that are second men that are there to help uphold his arms and help keep him going. I, I think of our church uh, there at Capital City Baptist Church, and and uh, I, I believe with all of my heart my pastor is, is one of the best pastors in, in the world. I love him, and he's a great friend. And, and, and uh, the way he's leading our ministry and the counsel and the advice and the direction that he He's taken our church. It's amazing. Uh, we just finished uh, recently our vacation Bible school, and 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 you just cannot imagine the work and the effort that goes into our vacation Bible school and our teen connection and and all that goes on there at the church. And 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 then when we have our missions conference, our church is one of the few churches left that ha- still have a week long missions conference. And and all the work that is involved there, going from Sunday to Sunday uh, in our missions conference, and all the different ministries and the outreach ministries and the missions and the the classes and all that. There is no way a pastor cannot do all that. And so it is essential that there be some good quality second men that can help hold the hands of the pastor. And I think in our church here at Capital City, I think of Pastor Mark and Pastor Robbie and Pastor Ben, Pastor Bob, Pastor Jeremy, all these men who very well, they're, every one of them are qualified. Every one of them have the ability. They, they're all called of God to preach, but, but they're, they're, they're pillars in our church. They're men that are there to, to support our pastor and help him to become what God wants him to be. Now, there is absolutely nothing wrong with being a second man. There's nothing wrong with being that one, as the Bible says about Elisha, that he poured water on the hands of Elijah. There's there's nothing wrong with that. A pastor, a church leader needs those men in his ministry to be able to accomplish the work of God. And it was no different uh, with the apostle Paul. Everywhere Paul went, he always had second men with him. He always had men that traveled with him. And there's no doubt that Paul was the primary. There's no doubt that Paul was the leader. There's no doubt that Paul was in charge. But Paul could not have done what he was doing without second men to help him. You think of Epaphroditus. You think of Titus. You think of Tychicus. You think of uh, of Timothy. You, you think of Silas. You think of John Mark. You think of all these men that the information that we are given about these men were never the primary primary guys, these were the secondary. These were the ones that did the work that Paul asked them to do. And uh, and so what a blessing to have a ministry. What a blessing to have uh, men that consider themselves and say, hey, God didn't call me to be the leader. God didn't call me to be the, the primary. God called me to be a second man. Hey, being a second man is not a bad thing. They are needed. We need them in a great way. 
And so today I want to talk about the subject of abounding as a second man. If God has you in the ministry, you may be called of God to preach. Uh, you may be called of God to, uh, to to teach a Sunday school class or whatever, And uh, but you don't feel like God wants you to be a pastor. You don't feel like God wants you to be a church planter or a missionary leader, uh, but but you just feel that in where you are, uh, you're helping the pastor, you're, you're helping him to be able to accomplish the work of the ministry. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Amen. And, uh, and I thank God for the men in the ministry here. Uh, I think of our village mentorship and assistance ministry, uh, here where we go out to the villages and, and preach and we go out to the, up to Kalido and we teach in the, in the ministries up there and, and doing all of these things. Uh, but there's no way I could do what I do without second men. There's no way I could do what I do without uh, Brother Juan Bale to organize all the paperwork and uh, without Brother uh, Richard to translate for me and without uh, Miss Monica to, to, to translate for my wife and, 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 and without Brother Charles to be able to go out and help me get into the churches and get on the grassroots and find these guys. I, I'm just telling you, I could not do what I do without second men. Now, God forbid that primaries would treat their secondary men as, uh, as, as doormats. Uh, that is not what we ought to do. We ought to realize as primary leaders that we cannot do what we do without them, and we should honor them, and we should thank them, and we should lift them up and thank God for what they do in the ministry. But if you find yourself as a second man, thank God for that. I praise the Lord for men who help me in the ministry. I thank God for men that enable me to be able to do the work that God's called me to do here. I could not do it without them. There's no way in the world I could do what I do without second men. And so I just want to look at these verses here. And Paul, uh, he said, hey, for some reason, uh, and we, we don't have the details here, but for some reason, Paul was not able to get up to Thessalonica. And so he says, I'm going to stay here in Athens alone, but I'm going to send one of my second men. I'm going to send Timothy up there, and I'm going to send him as a purpose. And then there is a way that Paul describes Timothy. And, and so I want, I want to just talk about Timothy. And I know there's many second men in the Bible, and there's many messages that could be preached on second men from different those. But I, I just want to talk about Timothy uh, for just a little bit, as he is the one that is brought up here. Let's go back to the book of Acts very quickly. The book of Acts in chapter 16, where we find Timothy uh, being met for the first time. And uh, Acts chapter 16, and notice in verse number 1, the Bible says, Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess, and believed, but his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him? Okay, so Paul finds Timothy and says, "All right, here's here's a, a good disciple. There's potential in this man. Uh, the, I can train this man. I want this man to travel with me." Now, notice what Paul says here, verse number three. Him would Paul have to go with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew that his father was a Greek. Now. Uh, th th this is amazing. All right. Hey, Timothy, uh, I, I, I hear you, you know, you've got a great mom, you've got a great grandmother, you've been raised in the, in, in, in Christian principles. And, uh, 
I want you to travel with me. I want you to be my companion. I, I, I want to train you. I want to mentor you. Uh, and I'm sure that Timothy is standing over there thinking, man, this is great. This is wonderful, man, to travel with the Apostle Paul. What a great opportunity. And uh, what, a, what a great thing that this is. I never thought this would happen to me. Yes, Paul, that's what it was. I'll follow you. I'll go with you. Where, where are we going to go? Where do I sign up? And Paul says, all right, yeah, but before you go, I need you to go get circumcised. Uh, you know, Paul, maybe, maybe maybe this is not such a good idea. You know what? In, in order to be a good second man, you've got to be willing to follow the advice and the counsel and the direction of your leader, of your pastor. Amen? Even things that you may not understand. Now, Paul gave the reason here. He said, hey, your father was a Greek, and, and if you're going to have an influence with the Jews, if you're going to be able to uh, be able to talk to the Jews and be able to reach the, them with the gospel of Jesus Christ, it will help if you are circumcised. And, and so, Timothy, we don't find any argument. We don't find any uh, debate. He went out, and Paul said, that's what I want you to do. And Timothy said, hey, I, I want to be your second man. I want to follow you. I want to be mentored by you. I want to help you out in the ministry. If that's what you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. You know, the first thing, if you want to abound as a second man, find out what the vision and the goal is of your leader and follow it. You're not a second man to set up your own agenda. You're not a second man to set up your own program. You're not a second man to set up. You are there to help the man of God that, that, has, that you are under. You are there to help him succeed. You are there to help find out what is his program, what is his agenda, what is his heart, what is his vision, and you are there to help him to accomplish that. And so there may be times that, that you have to do things that you may not like to do. There may be times as a second man that your, your leader, your pastor asks you to do things that, that you, you might think, hey, that's beneath me. But you need to be willing to say, hey, what, this is, the, this is the man of God in my life. This is the one that I'm following. This is the one that I am, uh, I'm going to get behind. And so, therefore, no matter what he says, I'm going to follow it. As long as it doesn't go against the word of God, whatever he says, that's what I'm going to do because I want to help him accomplish his program and what God wants him to accomplish. And so, from the very beginning, we find this man, Timothy, willing to follow Paul as a second Man, he was willing to submit himself to the leadership that God put in his life. Now, he's sending them up to Thessalonica, and uh, and notice what he says. He says, "In Saint Timotheus, our brother and minister of God." All right, he's our brother. We know he's saved, but but I want to draw your attention to the word minister. He's a servant. He's a servant. As a second man, you need to be willing to serve. That's how you abound. You abound by serving. Now, all of us, even the pastor, there's not one of us who is not called to serve, okay? But once again, if God has put you in the ministry as a second man, and you are underneath your pastor, you're underneath, uh, just just the other day, um, I called my pastor. There was some advice that I needed from him, and, and before I was going to make this decision, I wanted to make sure, is this decision I'm going to make, is it going to go against your preaching? Is it going to go against the standards and, and what our church stands for? Because if it does, I'm not going to do it. 
Why? I'm a second man in our church, all right? I'm a, I'm a missionary sent out of the church. I'm there to help my pastor to accomplish what God has called him to do through Capital City Baptist Church, and I am not there to set my own agenda. I am not there to set up my own philosophy and my own way of thinking that goes against what our church is doing. And so I want to sit down with my pastor and say, Pastor, what is it that you want me to do? I am here to serve you. I am here to serve our local church. And so Paul says, hey, I, I want you to understand that this brother in Christ, Timotheus, is a minister of God. If you want to abound as a second man, then understand that your place is a minister of God. All those men that I mentioned, Elisha and Aaron and Caleb and, and Silas and, and Paul, all these men were there to serve the men that they were under. Okay, Now, we're not... Don't misunderstand me. I know that you can go to extreme to this, and I know there's churches in the past that have gone to the extremes. The pastor is not God. The pastor is not there to tell you your will of God for your life. That, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm just saying that the pastor is the leader of that local church. He sets the direction of that church. He sets the goals of that church. He sets the vision of that church, and your responsibility is to serve him to make sure that that vision and that goal gets accomplished in the church. So he says, I sent Timothy, who is a minister. Now notice, secondly, he's a fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ. He doesn't just sit on the sidelines. He works with the man of God. He's a fellow laborer in the gospel. His focus is the gospel, just like Paul's focus was the gospel. He's a fellow laborer. They are workers together. How many times have we seen that in Scripture where Paul uses that term, workers together, laboring together? That, that, that's what the ministry is all about. We're, we're not there, again, in the church, we're not there to set up the pastor as the king. We're not up there to set him as the Lord. We are workers together. And so you need to yoke yourself with your pastor. You need to yoke yourself with your with the leader of your church or whoever you are under as far as the authority structure is concerned and say, okay, I am here to help you. I am here to serve you. I am here to work with you and labor with you to help get the gospel of Jesus Christ to our community. And by the way, that is the ultimate goal for everything that we do. That's the ultimate goal of why we have a pastor. That's the ultimate goal of why we have staff. That's the ultimate goal of why we have a church. Yes, we are to perfect the saints. And yes, we're to teach God's people. But why? It is so that we have people that are equipped to be able to go out and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as a second man, you need, to be, you need to say, hey, I am here not to tell other people everything they need to do, but I am here to jump in the work, and I am here to be a fellow laborer in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now notice number three. He says, I am sending you. Actually, this is, yes, number three. He says, I am sending you now, number four, to establish you. Timothy, as a second man, was trusted with maturity. Paul had raised him and trained him enough that he could be trusted to act in Paul's stead. Paul said, I would rather go up there. I would like to go up there. I want to see those people, but I cannot get up there, but I am going to send Timothy and Timothy is going to go up there and he is going to act in my stead. Now, hold your place here and uh, turn quickly to the book of Philippians, the book of Philippians. And, and I want you to notice 
again, what Paul says here, a testimony about Timothy, all right? Uh, This was not the first and only time that Paul uh, sent Timothy to represent him. Notice the Bible says here in verse number, uh, chapter 2, verse number 19, Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 19, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, all right? I'm going to send him up to Philippi that I may be of good comfort when I know your state, Okay, when I know your state now. So Paul was accustomed to being able to trust Timothy to act on his behalf. Do you know what? As a second man, you are an ambassador of your pastor. You are an ambassador of the man of God that is over your life. And once again, when you are sent out to do something, when you're sent out to do a work or a ministry, you are there once again not to set up your own program. You're not there to set up your own thing. Now, I understand you're, you're your own man. I'm not talking about developing clones. But what I'm saying is that you are not there to set your agenda and your program. You are there to set the program and agenda that the pastor has set up. That's your job as a second man. And so Paul was able to send Timothy up to Thessalonica. He was able to send him up to uh, Philippi. And he knew that Timothy would act in his stead in the same way. Uh, You go back to Philippians and he says, I have no man like-minded like-minded. Timothy was like-minded. And so Paul could trust Timothy to be able to go up. Can I ask you a question? If you're a second man, can your pastor trust you to act in his absence? Can your pastor trust you not to try to take over the church while he's gone? Can your pastor trust you not to try to turn people against you uh, when, when you're visiting in people's homes or talking to people? Can he trust you? Can he, can he say, hey, you know what? The second men that I have in my ministry, they are men that are like-minded. They are men that want to accomplish what I want to accomplish. I trust them explicitly. I want my pastor to be able to trust me. I want my pastor to be able to know that I am teaching and I am promoting the same things that our local church is also promoting. Notice back in 1 Thessalonians, he says there in chapter 3, he says, I I sent him to establish you. But then notice uh, number 5, he says, I sent him to comfort you concerning your faith. Now, in our next podcast, Lord willing, we're going to be looking at that idea of faith. But for now, I just want you to understand, he said, I'm sent him up there to comfort you, to comfort you. Timothy could be trusted to say the right things. Timothy could be trusted to go up there and know when to say something, when not to say something. He, he, Paul said, I know this man can go up there and he can comfort you. Once again, turn over to Philippians chapter 3, and we see the same idea. He says, he says in verse number, uh, Philippians chapter 2, and look in verse number 20, he says, For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. Isn't that interesting? The same thing that he told the Thessalonians, I'm going to send him up there to comfort you, is the same thing he told the church at Philippi, I'm going to send Timothy up here because I know he will care for your state. As a second man, you ought to have an attitude of compassion that cares Even though you're not the shepherd of that flock, even though you're not the leader of that flock, you still have the same care for the people of God. He says, I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state, for all seek their own, not the things which are Christ. 
Are, 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 as a second man, are you seeking your own? As a second man, are you trying to establish your own program? He says in verse 22, For you know the proof of him, that as a son with a father he hath served with me in the gospel. He served with me in the gospel. Once again, the same thing, the same thing we see in Thess- in Thessal- uh, when he was sending him up to Thessalonica. He's a fellow laborer in the gospel. All right. What kind of second man are you? Are, are, are you promoting? Are, are, you, are you just lazy? Are you just sitting around doing nothing? Or do you take the vision? Do you take the direction that your pastor, that your leader is directing in the direction he's wanting to go? And again, please don't misunderstand me. I am not lifting up a pastor as a God. I'm not lifting him up for you to worship. But he is the leader. He is the pastor of that local church. And when you find out what his vision is, and you find out what his purpose is, and you find out the direction he's wanting to go, then you need to grab a hold of that and do everything within your power to help further the goals and directions and the visions that your pastor has. I want, I want to be a second. I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm thankful for what I do. I, you know, it's, uh, I'm glad that I'm able to be a missionary. I'm glad that I can lead men. I'm glad that I can uh, plant churches. I, I'm glad that I can do that. I'm not complaining at all. But I tell you, there's been times in my life where I'm just saying, you know what, I would, I would really love for somebody else to make the decisions. <laughs> I would really love to be a second man for a little while and just, you know, just further his cause, further his purpose. He makes the hard decisions. He makes the tough uh, calls in the ministry. I'm just going to let him do it, and I'm just going to support him all the way. I, I, there, there's a part of me that really would love that. But that's not what God's put me in there right now. But I tell you this, if I was a second man to somebody, and, and I consider myself a second man to my pastor because I'm a missionary sent out of our local church, and, and I've been sent out for the purpose of establishing churches out of Capital City Baptist Church, but I want to make sure that my testimony, I want to make sure that my preaching, I want to make sure that my philosophy, I want to make sure everything that I do here in Masaka, Uganda, halfway around the world from Texas, but everything that I do in our ministry, everything that I do in my preaching, everything that I do in my beliefs, I want to make sure that I'm promoting and I'm furthering the goals and the vision and the purpose that my pastor has laid down for Capital City Baptist Church. And so what a great testimony that Timothy had. He, he, he submitted himself to the leadership. He was a minister of God. He was a fellow laborer in the gospel. He was trusted as an ambassador of the leader, and he was trusted to be able to look after the needs and the cares of the people underneath Paul's direction. And that's the kind of second man that you ought to be. And so there's no shame in it. There is no shame in being a second man. And by the way, if you are a second man, thank God for that. You know, I, I look at second men, and they I've seen some second men, they say, well, I want to be the one in charge, and I want to be the one making decisions. Do you really? Do you really want that responsibility? Now, I'm not against that. If, if God's called you to do that and God's laid on your heart to do that, I'm not, I'm not against you doing that. But uh, I, I'm just saying there is something to uh, a leader being able to make all the tough decisions and do all the hard things, and you just sit back and say, I'm here to cheer you on. I'm here to labor with you. I'm here to work with you. I'm here to support you, whatever I can to make you be successful. Hey, thank God 
for second men. Amen. And so if you're listening to my podcast today and uh, you are a second man, that is nothing to be ashamed about. You be the best second man that you can be. You abound in the work of being a good, godly second man. Amen. Well, once again, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope it's been a help and a blessing encouragement to you. Let me encourage you. Uh, if you are on social media or you uh, maybe Facebook or, or whatever it is that you might use to stay in contact with friends and family, uh, let me encourage you. Uh, just share this link with them. Maybe this podcast will be a help and a blessing to them as well as letting them know and letting you know what's going on here in Uganda, uh, in the ministries here that uh, God has enabled us to be a part of. I am so excited about what the Lord is doing here and the churches that are being established and the men that are being trained. And uh, I am so excited about that. And so once again, thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for your financial support. And uh, we pray for you. I hope you pray for us. And uh, I want to just encourage you once again to always abound in the work of the Lord. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Don't forget every Friday, every Friday we upload a new podcast for your encouragement. And I hope and pray that you have that uh, subscribed on your phone so that every Friday you can hear what is going on in Uganda as well as being encouraged to always abound in the work of the Lord. God bless you so much. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. We want to thank you for listening today. We trust that this podcast was an encouragement to you to always abound in the work of the Lord. For more information about your host or simply contact us, visit kstensisfamily.com.